Tight Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about Louis. We need to talk to someone about Louis. <laughs> Kate! Mary! Hello, Molly. the day has come. Are we? Can I say it? Are we yes. big girls now? Is this where we're at? We are sleeping in our own beds. Today is the day we are discussing sleepy time. I, um, I'm just going to put this right out there, Mary. I know you and I have been long devotees of bike, but I think I have a new favorite. I honestly, <gasps> wow. I just, there is something so mind blowing about this episode and even now I still get weepy I still have something catch in my throat watching it I just there is so much love condensed into eight minutes of animation it is like every little drop of goodness and kindness and everything that we've seen in the healer house to this point reaches this beautiful crazy um pinnacle mom I want to do a big girl sleep tonight and wake up in my own bed. You do your best, honey. It's just incredible um, storytelling and animation. I honestly think it's one of the best pieces of animation I've ever seen, let alone, um, you know, in Bluey, but just anything. It is mind-blowing. And I think possibly especially because it tells um, us parents especially what everyone already knew that bedtime is no small thing. It is a universe. Like, well, at least a solar system and a solar system is not a small thing either. So there is a lot going on. Bedtime is just such a special moment in the for real life world. Um, and a full on moment and a, um, and a monumental moment. moment. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it, to see it come down to this seven and a half minutes is, is pretty special. Okay. Sleepy time now. Just one more. Bingo. Please. Okay. One more, then sleepy time. Hooray. Mary, I think when I first watched this episode, um, you know, I had a really visceral reaction to it and I know lots of other parents did too and I wonder if it's because all through Bluey, Bandit and Shilly have almost been held up as, you know, amazing parents, you know, that we can all aspire to be like and there was something really encouraging about seeing these incredible parents who give everything to their kids really struggling to get a good night's sleep. And I know that sounds small, but so many parents feel like utter failures because they, you know, it's that question, like as soon as you have a baby, it's like, oh, how are they sleeping? You know, and and true, there is so much guilt and shame that is wrapped up in the world of parents and sleep and how many hours their children are or aren't sleeping or whether they're still co-sleeping or whether they just bring their kid into bed with them in the middle of the night because it's easier. And part of me kind of felt relieved that, you know, this is almost like, the vulnerability of Chili and Bandit, seeing them in those wee hours and they're shivering in their kids' beds or <laughs> under a pair of undies on the floor. You know, I, I've been there. I'm sure you've been there. Yeah, it it definitely um, really hits home. And I think actually 
sort of dealing with this subject matter might make Sleepy Time sort of not only one of the most beautiful, but one of the most political episodes of Bluey we've seen so far. <laughs> um, because it is political how you parent, I reckon. Like it has just been turned into this sides and wars and attachment parenting versus the rule of the routine and what works and what doesn't and all the reasons you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Sleepy Time might even take a side um, because from the very start of this episode, it's mum um, reading Bingo, the book about the little chick who opens her eyes and the first thing she sees is her mummy chicken mm-hmm. and then at the end of the story baby chick snuggles up to mummy chick and drifted off to sleep the end so to me that is very much an attachment parenting model that the chickens of this world have going on but um but as the plot of sleepy time plays out i, I reckon it's attachment parenting that we're seeing. Interesting and- theory because, you know, Bandit is the opposite. He's like, kid, bed, now. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, I don't reckon the healers would be the first family who have two different parents with two different parenting styles. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very close to a family like that, for instance. Um, and, you know, you sort of joust it out and meet in the middle somewhere. How close, but, Mary? Um, is, this, is this a for real uh, life? Following situation or? Oh, man. Um, just all the flashbacks to standoffs outside kids' bedrooms, like going, no, five more minutes. I'm like, no, I have to go in. <laughs> Which it's, it's such a, you know, it's such a parenting trope, the, the good cop, bad cop of parents. But, um, different kids need different things as well. So that's yeah. why, yeah, this, you know, this great, whose side are you on kind of approach to parenting has just always grated on me because it it does depend on what the kid needs, which is probably, if I'm honest, an attachment parenting approach. <laughs> but look, it's, you know, it's, and then the critics, and I've heard this so many times, like, oh, you let them sleep in your bed, you'll never get them out, which, mm-hmm. which hasn't been our experience, I've got to admit, although, um, last night being an exception to the rule you know exceptions <laughs> to the rule do happen yes. but uh but, but they yeah, that for everyone like you know we've got an eight-year-old um you know admittedly a very medically medically complex one and there are still mornings where she wakes up in the middle of the night and one of us will get into bed with her and cuddle her back to sleep so no judgment here I think you know especially the early morning hours, you do what you need to do to try and get the rest you need for all the games the next day. Oh, where to go from here? So, yeah, oh. we do see the the two parenting approaches and the two very different children at play as well when as bingo's asking for her one more story bluey just gets dumped into bed by bandit and bed sleep now that's also parenting goals to me i must admit (laughs) i aspire to that most nights um yeah pretty much just like into bed, okay, love you, no, no, shut the door, walk away. Um, you know, we did sleep training with Will because he just refused to sleep and it was hard and um, 
I think, you know, no matter what your approach is personally as a parent, every other parent owes you that mark of respect to whatever you're doing. If that's getting you through, go for it. There's nothing that irks me more than judgy so-and-so Wendy's from next door who <laughs> poke their nose in and they're kind of you can just see them tisking um, when you start to tell them about how you had to bring the kid into your bed at four in the morning to try and get an extra half hour or, um, yeah, I've definitely handed a kid an iPad at like 5.30 in the morning before and tried to roll over and get a bit more kids. Um, <laughs> I think we all uh, just need to support each other because parenting is really hard. <laughs> That's the parenting side of things. There's so many sides to get through uh, uh-huh. in this episode. But well, um, should we go to the fantastical dream sequence? Because there are so many amazing theories that have since emerged um, on so much of the symbolism. Um, and I'd really like to unpack some of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um so, yeah, this is Bingo's dream we're talking about. Um, Chili does get her to sleep initially and then um, off the back of the last book of the night being a book about space. And, yeah, it's just straight into the most vivid, spectacular amazement. Yeah, so Bingo hatches out of the earth like a chicken from an egg, if you like, and then her bunny floppy um, cracks open in from the moon in a very similar way. And the two of them have this almost slow motion sequence in space where they, they glide towards each other and then hug midair and rotate around. But we've since heard from a very dedicated listener, Madonna, some amazing theories about the rabbit in the moon. Yeah, so this blew my mind. Lovely Madonna in Adelaide emailed us about this pretty much as soon as Sleepy Time aired way back when. Um, I think, her, yeah, her email's dated uh, April 25th and we're recording <laughs> this. Uh, yes, well September. <laughs> September. So thank you for your patience, Madonna. But um Floppy hatching from the moon just rang so many bells for Madonna because, uh, like in the West, we say the man in the moon in a- uh, East Asian cultures in Japan and China, they say there's a rabbit in the moon. Um, China even has a whole legend about the rabbit with the hammer and the moon goddess. If anyone's familiar with Sailor Moon, um, her Japanese name is uh, Tsukino Usagi, which literally translates to moon rabbit. So this is sort of how ingrained in popular culture um, in Asia it is. So, yeah, floppy coming out of the moon then uh, pretty early in the episode kind yeah. of made sense because floppy is obviously a rabbit. <laughs> and I um, um, have we seen floppy since the unfortunate chicken rat episode or <laughs> not well floppy was in an egg in chicken rat as well wasn't she yeah. so she she kind of she's double hatched now <laughs> I, uh, we have seen her she was hanging up um on the hat stand as everyone oh, tried to leave the house sticky gecko, in, yeah yes sticky gecko um although we did hear from katrina in the u.s recently asking what happened to floppy because in chicken rat floppy was white 
with green striped ears and now she's well and truly purple. Oh. So uh, that's that's uh, an early mystery for this episode. If anyone's got any theories, would love to hear them. Um, um, I'm, I'm guessing an uh, unfortunate item of clothing leaking in the wash potentially. <laughs> That's pretty plausible, actually. Yeah. yeah. Or I was, my mind went more dark, like she'd been switched out, but I don't oh. think you fool a four year old <laughs> with, with a different colored toy switch out. Um, so I don't know. We've, we've talked about this before on the podcast, Mary. Will has one monkey and I, I desperately need to find a backup just in case. <laughs> and. <laughs> You had a, a donkey for Bon. And yeah, I think a Bon spare. still has his donkey uh, with a spare and now he just sleeps with both of them. So <laughs> I guess technically we still have a spare if one goes missing, but if one goes missing, he'll still want two. So yeah. we've kind of, um, yeah, have not done ourselves any favours there, but who knows what's going on with Floppy. It's, uh, it's yeah, a minefield managing children's toys. Absolutely. Where's Floppy? Oh, here she is. Floppy! Mustn't forget Floppy. There's also some questions, I guess, from uh, viewers if there's a slight reference here and a very subtle one to um, pregnancy loss with a Bluey hatching out of Venus and Bingo hatching out of the Earth, whether or not this may potentially allude to uh, just like in the show, potentially that there was a, a missed pregnancy or a pregnancy that didn't hatch um, with one of the planets not hatching. Yeah. Did that jump I, out at you a bit, Mare? Or? I, I, I must admit it didn't jump out, but once some um, listeners, um, including Pete and Sarah, who emailed us on this one, um, sort of linking it to the show, kind of pointed it out, it did make sense Um yeah, because you would, you know, kind of think the planets go in order. Um, although, of course, Bluey being Venus, uh, she's colour matched to her planet. Mm-hmm. So that kind of made sense. Although, I uh, don't know if Bingo's colour matched to Earth. Um, but once I thought about it, my kind of happy landing place on it was, well, if Mercury isn't hatched, um, and yeah, is, is the miscarriage that Chile might have had, the fact that Mercury is the closest planet to the sun and the one that Bingo sits on. Um, yeah, it kind of spoke to me that, well, that, that baby still, even unhatched is still, you know, the closest to Chile's heart will always be the closest to Chile's heart because obviously a big theme of this episode is, you know, the kids going their own way and, um, being big girls now. So yeah, it's, it, look, it, it made my heart happy if if that is um, one of the meanings there. I think you got me, Mary, and you would probably get some cheers <laughs> talking about the sleepy time today, but that's beautiful. Uh, yeah, well, look, there's, you know, <laughs> yeah, as if we weren't going to cry in this episode. Um, but that is a very minor point of it, to be honest. Uh, yes, yeah, save more for when you think about your kids growing up. Uh, <laughs> Mom. I want to do a big girl sleep tonight and wake up in my own bed. You do your best, honey. But remember, I'm always here if you need me. Okay. Three dreams. This whole episode actually reminded me of a quote that someone wrote in a card when we had Olivia, and it's a quote by Elizabeth Stone. It's pretty well known, but I'll read it to you. It's making the decision to have a child. It's momentous. It's to decide forever to have your heart go walking around outside your body. And Mm. 
there's so many elements here where you can just see that that love permeating through Chile is what gives the girls their confidence to sort of go forth in the world and especially Bingo. I think, um, you know, her, her knowing that her mum was sort of right there beside her when she needed her, gave her the, that confidence to want to try and do a big girl sleep in her own bed that night but even throughout the narrative just um, giving her the confidence and and the love in those dark and cold times like there's a there's a beautiful moment um uh where well we'll backtrack a, a tiny bit that um bingo and bluey are sort of racing around jupiter and um jupiter Poor turns bandit. out to be bandit in bed um you know in bingo's mind she's racing across a planet and in reality she's stomping on bandits back in the middle of Chilean bandits um queen size bed um and then those nurturing moments where one of the parents is carrying her and and in the dream she feels warm and then she um she loses the blanket at one point I think Bluey rolled they were in the bed and Bluey rolled out onto the floor and um and then Bingo's shivering have you ever had dreams Mary where like um you know, you're suddenly cold or you're desperately searching for a loo or something like that. Yes, because all of them, all yeah, the time. Yeah, your reality just starts seeping into the dream and um, it's so that moment where shivering cold bingo is suddenly propelled on this rainbow comet um, through space and to because of the warmth of her mum and who who has decided to in real life get in bed with her um oh it, it just it was so beautiful you know and that concept that for a child your parent is the center of their universe uh, just i get emotional just, <laughs> or or a, a giant ball of gas uh <laughs> In the case of Bandit. So, you know, well, I guess the sun <laughs> is a giant ball of gas as well. But, um, but yeah, the feelings of warmth and cold in this episode are just visceral. I actually watched this episode, um, it came out while we were in lockdown and I watched it with my mum on Zoom. So oh, yeah. it came out in oh, on Skype, I think. So, yeah, it came out in the morning and the kids um, had already watched it 25 times, I think, by 10 a.m. Um, when I spoke to my parents on Skype and mum was like, oh, what are the kids watching? Because they were just watching TV in the background and I was like, oh, they're watching this new episode of Bluey and it's amazing. And she's like, oh, we'll put it on from the start and I'll watch it with them. Aww. And my mum lost her mum when she was really young. She was probably about 24. And mm-hmm. there was something kind of comforting, I think, like having her there watching it with me. And I just, I don't know, I assumed she might have been thinking about her mum with Chili's beautiful wise words. And, I mean, it's such a a fine balance between something that's really ethereal and something that's really um, heartfelt. Yeah, I, I can't even quite put into words that sort of, 
you know, it's such a, a beautiful statement that you always want your children to remember. And it can be hard day to day to um, remind your kids that you are always there for them and that you love them, especially when they're just being a brat. Like, you know? <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. And, um, um, yeah, and just it's such a um, – I often find with Bluey when I'm watching an episode, it reminds me to be my best parenting self. Um, this one really – said to me, you know, like it encouraged me to really tell my kids how much I love them. And, um, yeah, I think maybe that's why I love it so much because it brings me back to this place where I feel a bit like a kid and Mm. then there's that sort of that statement that I want them to always remember even when they're my age or even older, Um, maybe when they're watching – I don't know, season 372 <laughs> with their children. Oh, with their children. So, um, yeah, I don't know. But it's that kind of episode where I f- honestly feel like, you know, there aren't enough adjectives in my lexicon to do this justice. Remember, I'll always be here for you, even if you can't see me, because I love you. Mary, talk to me about how you think like, how do you think this idea came about? Yeah, wow. So yeah. I think it's probably kind of a, a, a lining of stars, if you like, um, because, and, and we have heard a bit about it from the Ludo team, but okay, I'll start with my conjecture. I reckon, like we were saying at the start, bedtime is such a big time of the day, Um and so complex uh, mm-hmm. for a lot of families. I think that probably was, you know, the the kernel of an idea for the creator, Joe Brum. But then, like we talked about um, with Blake Howard when we did the deep dive on um, cinema moments in Bluey, mm. um, 2001 A Space Odyssey influences um, or moments in that movie sort of influences the art direction and some of the, I guess, the space stuff um, in this episode as well. So yeah. uh, marrying those two things, I've uh, like you'd love to hear about how that kind of brainwave came. But, um, but yeah, I'd say once the two were connected, it just all started building exponentially from there it was yeah it would have been just universes expanding last night we had the bluey the the inaugural uh bluey (laughs) gotta be done podcast uh trivia night and we actually had a couple of the animators from Ludo playing on a team. Um, we were concerned they may have an unfair advantage. I can assure you that they were, they did not. <laughs> <laughs> well, they may have pulled a few punches, but um, yeah. everyone, look, we asked some very hard questions to 30 teams. We had a sellout. It was so much fun. So um, much Everyone fun. zooming in and um, answering their questions remotely. But yeah, I think 
uh, the the Ludo guys who zoomed in were Beth Durak, who we've talked about before, who's the lead animator on Sleepy Time, which mm. was uh, just amazing to get her take because, yeah, this did sound like it was an episode a very long time in the making. Yeah, but I found it so interesting because on the call we also had another art director, um, Costa, and he was talking about how um, work actually sort of paved the way for the audacious sort of out there scenes that we've seen in season two, like in Escape and particularly in Sleepy Time, and that's because they kind of fought at that point to do things that were a bit outside the box. Do you know that sequence where Bandit um, starts dancing and the colours all change and it's very sort of old school Hollywood singing in the rain, that sequence. Yeah, it's just so beautiful. Yeah, but because they were able to push the envelope in those earlier episodes and it was incredibly successful, it's given the team this confidence to actually just go a bit crazy and try really out there things um and how beautiful was it when Beth was saying you know that when they saw those early sketches about where I think it was Jasmine Moody had taken Mm -hmm. it and they all just got super excited for um those like where this could go and she was saying that it was some crazy amount of animators as well that was working on this because Normally in animation, if um, think you know, we think, oh, it's moving slowly. That won't be as difficult as if things were moving fast. But actually, it's way more difficult to get things moving really fluidly and smoothly. So, yeah, yeah. Costa was saying they had to um, buy in, you know, a, a new type of three D software just to get the planets looking right. And <laughs> yeah. um, like this, this episode was meant to be much earlier in season two. So yeah, it was pushed back in the set schedule just so everyone could could give it the absolute best they had, and I'm I think so, it paid off. I'm so glad this was the last episode in that run, though, because how can you top this? I'm so interested to see if if this is sort of the new standard that they've set for themselves. Oh my how, gosh, how far are they going to push that bar? Because I mean, if I was to think of some amazing pieces of animation, probably my favourite one is the opening scene from Up, you know. that. Um, oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, where they basically go through the couple's life story and, you know, there's not a word spoken. I'm in tears every single time that I watch it. And yeah. I, reckon, I reckon this is definitely equal to, if not, it's just I'm amazing. Wrecking, and the, I'm racking my brain uh, for my favourite animation sequence now and um, I think it probably would be out of Pixar as well and it's when uh, in The Incredibles 3, uh, Jack-Jack takes on the raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone hasn't seen that, I, I won't go into it because it's a lot of spoilers. But uh, um, I haven't seen this, so you're recommending. Um, okay. Oh, but, yeah, well, it's what? just the, the most toddler... Uh, esque thing you have ever seen in your life. Uh, less less moving possibly than the up sequence, and definitely less moving than Sleepy Time. But <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a good thing to think about. There's a lot of great animation out there, and you can all uh, pick yours and then decide it's inferior to Sleepy Time too. <laughs> this- okay, so we're out of the 
plot progression. So while we're out of the plot progression, why don't we, I think we're not going to do a mailbag in this episode, no. uh, but so many people have been in touch about kind of how that sleepy time made them feel, I reckon. And we've already talked about um, Madonna and Katrina. Um, yeah. Why don't we just run through a couple of those and then get back to how the plot plays? Because yeah. um, there are some great ones. Um, Gabby and Mark, who are our longtime correspondents, made the point that they have been building up to this episode for so long, just from, you know, the glow-in-the-dark stars in the room to then flat pack being the episode before uh, mm. Sleepy Time, which Bingo goes off to explore the universe. Um, and also the, I think we now know. Oh, my gosh, the, of course. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So she is, she's a, she's a space girl, no doubt about it. Um, from Pete in Melbourne, he actually found us because of Sleepy Time because he was just so absolutely floored by that episode. He describes it as just the attention to detail of all the things parents have to do for our kids and just yeah. to make it so, so momentous and so, you know, next level. Um, that inspired him to start Googling uh, Joff Bush, start um, looking at, you know, Ludo and who's who's behind the genius that is Bluey. And um, very happily he found us in that search and has been listening ever since. So hi, Pete. Hi, Pete. Um, and I, I really like this point and I'd love your take on it as well, Kate. Raymond, um, who's been a regular correspondent too, um, said that, it's season two. A lot of people have said season two is all about bingo being a bit of a sook, which what? I think we've talked about on, uh, in previous episodes <laughs> and shot it down pretty determinedly. But, you know, bingo ha- had a lot more emotional range to play with, I guess, in season two. Um, I think this is her Meryl Streep season, you know, like yeah. she, she's gunning for the Oscar <laughs> with her character development and depth of emotion on screen. Yep. Yeah, so so to those people, obviously they are wrong. But what? Um, but then, yeah, Raymond made the point, kind of, what a way to end the season. That actually, it's progression for Bingo. She truly is a big girl now. Um, and yeah, similar to like we've talked a lot about how Bluey grows in season one to be able to share the reins and um solve problems and all that kind of thing. Yeah, season two is all about Bingo's. Uh, character growth, I suppose. Yeah. And thank you for giving the people what they want, I say, because um, we all love that little healer. And I think she was the underrated MVP of season one. And (laughs) yeah, it's been nice to see her getting a little bit more airtime because I know for like um, our second child, Will, he loves seeing the little sister well he thinks they're boys but you know like he, <laughs> he loves seeing bingo getting her her time in this literally in the sun mary like just touching on mailbag you've mentioned quite a few people and their love for this episode but like just in the wider universe, there was such an outpouring on Twitter. There was, there's always, and in the Bluey fan club, people expressing how much this episode means to them and their family. 
And that's not really something I've seen with the children's cartoon previously. Um, yeah. Not, not like this. You know, I've never seen it said about Peppa Pig, you know, for example, or <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being quite serious. I'm, I'm, but, I'm yeah. trying to think, like, yeah, uh, possibly when um, Gordon got kind of uh, bricked into the tunnel Henry, for not pulling Henry, Mary, oh, come Henry? On, come oh, on. thank you Kate I knew you would have that my back on that um I'm learning about yeah, the two class trams at the moment for my son Mary like really like you know I am deep deep into Thomas um, yeah well I, I was gonna say that sort of yeah uh yeah inspired my silly determination to smash the state um so that was very important to me personally I don't know about my family um, but yeah, you're right. Like, <laughs> I, I can't think of anything that would be that, <laughs> that would well, have that much attachment. Henry, when he got bricked in, it was kind of like, learn this lesson, children, you know? Mm. Um, whereas this one's kind of, there's no parents like racing after the kid going, get to bed now. I'm sick of you. <laughs> it's just pure servitude love from Chilean Bandit. It is. Is um and yeah, look, let's get back into the plot um yeah. because we've still got a ways to go. Um, you talked about sort of being cold in Bandit's room. We missed the fact that yeah, uh, while Bingo is having her um space based adventures, uh, the next time we see Bluey is standing at Chili's bed with a cup waiting for it to be <laughs> filled, and just the. Uh, who just wasn't feeling that so hard? Chili's just start awake. Like, oh, yeah. There's a child. Who put that there? It's just the stuff of nightmares. Ah! Oh, Bluey. Can I have a drink of water? Okay, honey. I have a question yes. about uh, a, a moment in this episode. When um, Bandit cops it in the biscuits, <laughs> um, we see for real life he sits up uh, traumatised, but then – um, Bingo and Floppy then float down into what looks like maybe the center of the planet that is yeah, a tiny like a little ball. Yeah. What is going on there? And does it have anything to do with Bandit's testicles? <laughs> I don't think so. See, in my mind, it was the fact that he was carrying her to bed. So she felt kind of cocooned and warm and. Like, because he's carrying uh, yeah, it back like, down the hall. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that, but I just, I don't know, perhaps perhaps I need to do more research into the, uh, you know, the structure of <laughs> Jupiter or something like that. Like, is there a ball in the middle of it that, I don't know. But, yeah, I've, I have seen, uh, that was my first thought, um, testicles, and I have seen other people <laughs> ask that question as well. Um, oh, my God, I can't believe you just took it there. I <laughs> <laughs> well, just copped it, so uh, I don't know. Biscuits. There is um, another little thing that's worth mentioning, Mary, that we finally know what all the washing is in um, the healer household, and that is underwear to sleep under. So, <laughs> Yes, yeah. Um, because, yeah. I don't understand why bandits under there's just a random pair of underwear on the floor um but he is sleeping under that pair of underwear so yeah make of that what you will yeah look I I can definitely relate to underwear being on the floor in our bedroom but um beyond that yeah uh it's it's 
still quite mysterious to me. Um, <laughs> so I love just there are so many scenes in this episode, like it's just so chop, 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 just little moments in different places that brings it all together. Um, but, yeah, Bandit gets um, Bingo back to bed and then goes back past the toilet where Bluey is just like, Dad, can you sing to me? Bluey this whole episode is just in that, hilarious sort of trance state of a sleepy kid and I love it um but <laughs> yeah like on they're the toilet, drunk but they're not yeah 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 we've all heard the unreasonable demands in the middle of the night but sing to me <laughs> <laughs> do you get this request a lot Kate so Olivia will always ask me to sing to her um mm-hmm. if I go into a um yeah she'll always ask for old McDonald had a farm. So I have been known to run through the menagerie at Mm -hmm. crazy hours of the morning. So um, 99 bottles of beer on the wall. Would that be my first thing on the wall? So he senses the beer out, I I reckon. 99 bottles of thing on the wall. 99 bottles of thing. Yeah, I love that that's the go-to song. Like, you know, you're really struggling if uh if you just start belting that one out and well, that's the first song that comes to your head is he picking that because it's a really long song because he knows he'll be there for a while gonna be I there mean, forever oh yeah. that's such a sad um <laughs> but possibly likely scenario yeah but then I mean how beautiful that he doesn't even say I'm not singing to you or anything <laughs> like that he just there's almost like a sort of an air of resignation about that moment. Like he's like, okay, whatever. Yeah, but like really what choice do you have? You kind of at that stage of the night, um, you've got to cop it. I can't remember if I've mentioned this in previous episodes, but um, one of the most cutting um, summaries of season two I saw on social media was um, – I think someone in the States who made the observation that Bluey is the story of two parents um, and the lengths they will go to to avoid being firm with their children. Wow. <laughs> Which, harsh. Um, so getting back to what we were saying about non-judgmental parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so Would this person that, have children? That sounds like judgment. I don't know. Like it sounds like, yeah, he, if, if he did, he was, uh, he's clearly bringing up the right way. But look, um, what is the alternative response there? Like you're going to fight it. You could like, obviously if your child's there on the toilet in that state of kind of discombobulation, you're probably going to have to stay there until they're finished and get them back to bed. You might as well be singing <laughs> to keep the, keep the dream alive in the process. Who knows? Yeah, definitely keeping the dream halfway alive at least. Oh, Poor Bandit. Yeah. It looked like he was ready to keel over, I think. So, and then by the time that Bandit gets back to bed, Bluey just climbs into his bed and Bingo's already there. Yeah, just a classic move uh, by the girls. It's the the ultimate gang up. Yeah, so this is the moment where, like, Chili's already gone to sleep in Bluey's bed. So um, this is the moment where Bandit just resigns himself to, what is it, a flip-flop and a pair of underwear as he's bedding for the evening. Like, <laughs> poor poor dog, wouldn't you just go to the cupboard and pull out a towel or a dressing gown or something uh, at least? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, later in the episode, we do see Chili go and get spare blankets. So she's clearly, this isn't her first rodeo. She knows <laughs> you go she's in done this before. There'll be 98 bottles of thing on the wall. But yeah, look, it's hard to be making the, uh, the sensible decisions when you are this sleep deprived. So we've talked about then, yeah, Bluey falling out of the bed and Bingo being cold which prompts her to then um, set off with Floppy and try and head to warmer climbs, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where we encounter um, Floppy finding her people. Is, yeah, is in, the, in the rings of Saturn. Um, mm-hmm. Which takes us back to Madonna's big theory about yeah. the rabbit in the moon because um, Madonna – continued to research this and um, said that out of NASA, their latest information about Saturn is that it has 82 moons and billions of rocks um, sized from micron thick to asteroid sized. And the rings are, are essentially all moons um, that are satellites orbiting the planet. So, um, so and they're all rabbits. Now we know. <laughs> the rabbit in the moon and they're all the moons of Saturn. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mind. <sighs> Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and so yeah, the first time I saw this, I kind of didn't like, obviously it adds kind of drama and a bit of a plot twist that Bingo is not only kind of feeling a bit alone, but has to then, um, then let her bunny go too, which I guess there's overtones of a theme of, um, you know, if you're trying to be a big girl, do you put aside the the childhood things like toys and that kind of thing, um, mm. which is heartbreaking and I don't even want to think about. <laughs> it was kind of like um, in Toy Story 3 where Andy gives away his toys. Like, yes. Yeah. There were sort of all sorts of overtones about like, you know, there's the growing up and letting go and, yeah, moving into a next stage of life and sort of, yeah, um, very much like flat pack, you know, with the the little girls grown up and she's going out into the world on her own. Oh, just yes. Yeah, I, I felt like that particular moment kind of just was that first knife twist of just how emotional this episode was going to get because mm-hmm. yeah, poor Bingo being separated from um, Floppy. But, of course, in real life she's dropped the toy on the way back to bed. Um, so, yeah, it's that kind of inception thing. Something something happens so you're instantly just writing it into your dreams even though you're not conscious. But that's also a developmental stage, isn't it, where, you know, a child's like attached to a toy and then they kind of let that go. So, yeah, I wonder if there yeah. were overtones of that as well. Yeah, and I also love Bluey sometimes gives people parenting hacks, like, you know, sort of like it's a good conversation to have with your your child, you know, oh, you're a big girl, you can sleep in your own bed and um, you can do it on your own if you want or or you can have your toy. But, um, yeah, it's presenting options to kids. Yeah. Yeah, but what a heart-wrenching moment, like, yeah. Sorry, heart rending, not heart wrenching, gut wrenching, no, heart rending. I feel like hearts get wrenched all the time watching. No, <laughs> that is true. Oh. Wrenched and rendered, and uh, our poor hearts. Um, our poor hearts. Yeah. I don't know about you, Mayor, but when I was watching this, just little 
yeah, all on her own and then all of a sudden she's propelled into the warmth of chili and, oh, the joy, the absolute joy. And also um, the the grown-up cinema references because, as Blake said, um, it's very much based on the Danny Boyle movie Sunshine at this point. Yeah, that shot is um, pretty much just a direct rip, it seems. Um, and, yeah, you, you feel warm just looking at it. Like it's it's so big, this, the chilly sun, compared to tiny little Bingo sitting on Mercury. Yeah, and her tail wagging as well uh, when her mum talks to her. Like, oh. Have you seen dogs wag their tails in the real world since watching Bluey and just felt extremely over-emotional, Kate? <laughs> Sadly, Sweetie, all the time. Every time now. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I just have to limit my time around dogs. <laughs> we walk through a dog park to get to the beach most days and um, it's just joyous to see those little tails wagging. I always think a wag is a smile. Yeah, that little tail wag is so hopeful and loving and um, inspired. Yeah, it's beautiful. So, yeah, we're in the presence of Chili and, of course, for real life that means Chili's in bed with Bingo. Um, Do you think in the dream Bingo's sitting on Mercury and says, I have to go now, do you think she's also saying that in her sleep to Chili? Mm, Maybe. Yeah, because Chili does sort of go, yep, she'll be right now. But maybe... I don't know about you, Mary, but when like I'm holding one of my kids and they fall asleep, there's like a point where you know that they're really asleep, even mm, though yeah. technically nothing on the outside has changed, but you just know from the way they're breathing or the way that their body is that they are definitely asleep at that point. And I, I wonder if even though Bingo is saying it in her dream that yeah, perhaps maybe it was, just uh, communicated chilly, with yeah, body language. Chili instinctively knows, okay, it's time to let Bingo go on her own. Yeah, um, Chili's pretty clever. I reckon she'd have it sussed. Well, speaking of clever, the uh, so Bingo is finally back in her bed. Chili um, on the walk back to her bed sees Floppy and returns her as well, which is kind of the what finally. Um, pieces the last of the dream together Mm -hmm. because Floppy and her friends can um, put Bingo back in the earth and that's kind of the last piece going in is that um, classic like kind of from the eyes of the person falling asleep, that blackout. Mm. But then just on a scale of one to euphoric, how happy were you, Kate, to see those uh, final shots after Bingo had fallen asleep of, you know, the, the light toilet, coming, the toilet, yeah. the cup of water, and then Chili with the queen bed to herself, <laughs> winning the day. Yeah. She grabbed the spare doona and Bandit and Bluey are on the floor under the bed, the proper bed doona. And, oh, Mary, I just, 
it's so big, isn't it, parenting? Like I think until you're in it, it's really hard to describe to other people. Um, and this kind of encapsulates it. Uh, I guess it's that love that you might have if you if you don't have kids. You might be the love you have for your partner or a really close family member or a really dear friend, but on a mega scale because you just you put all your hopes and dreams into this tiny little person to yeah hope them find their own hopes and dreams and yeah it's it it is the universe it's your whole universe and it's them hopefully part of their world too but then they go and explore even beyond the the 6am light breaking through can't really put my words together today, but um... uh, look, I think everyone knows what you're talking about, Kate. Yeah. And um, yeah, like 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 you say, it's big. So um, <laughs> it's of course, it needs a super big score as well. It uh, does. So why don't we go there? <laughs> yeah. So I have been texting with Joe. Oh wow! Um, I know, and um, poor man is in the final throws so close to the finish line for um the remaining episodes so um godspeed uh good joff we salute you and your musical genius um so i was asking him um about what inspired them to choose holst and in particular jupiter for this and he said it was actually something that um uh bluey creator joe brum suggested Um, to try as a reference and he said as soon as we heard it we had to use it because of how well it sat um, with the episode and everything he said Mm -hmm. then Dave and I so Dave Barber is um, listed as the uh, joint person I guess um, behind the music uh, Gustav Holst is yes the credit too yes um, and so he said, then Dave and I went about building the associations in the rest of the score, sort of like bits of the theme sneak in to represent the parents' love throughout the episode to okay. help, to help with the impact at the end on a subconscious level. Um, so rewatching it, having that knowledge, whenever Chili is like tucking Bingo into bed or she's getting into Bluey's bed, you hear this, um, repetition of the motive um from the jupiter theme so when you do hear that music you've already seen these acts of love and in your mind subconsciously planted there there is all this um yeah heart behind it so i think that's why it really does just grab you so much um in all the feelings because you've witnessed these acts of selflessness and um, love all throughout and so learned to associate it subconsciously with that theme. And mm. so when you hear the theme really big at the end, you know instinctively that that's yeah. the really big love and you're seeing the big massive sun of oh, Chili's love. Yeah, they might as well have just had a yeah flashing sign. Please cry now. 
I don't need a sign. Um, yeah, but um, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Mayor, have you been looking into Mr. Holst or shall I fill you in oh, on a little well, bit about him? Um, I would love to hear about Mr. Holst, but I w- will say that it does not surprise me at all that um, it was Joe Brum who wanted to go super classical on this episode because um, of all this 2001 A Space Odyssey crossovers and obviously um, – or maybe not obviously, I only watched the film last night, I must admit. It goes for a very long time. Um, <laughs> but I can't believe you watched it after our trivia night. Like the trivia <laughs> finished at like 10.30 and then we talked for about 20 minutes afterwards. So we're talking um, like you started at watching it probably like 11pm. Yeah, it was a decision uh, that had a lot to do with uh, hydrating because I had very much been channeling my inner chili and aunt tricks at a stump fest. Stump so, fest. <laughs> um, so yeah, look, uh, it was kind of a practical decision. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I, I think even if you haven't seen um, Space Odyssey, you'd probably know that it really leans into the classical music. And one thing I did realise um reading up about that was uh Kubrick um the director had initially commissioned a score like a an original score for the movie um from a noted Hollywood composer Alex North um Mm. however in post uh Kubrick just decided to completely abandon that score and go for the classics which um include the Blue Danube Waltz and um heaps more of just super recognisable um, classical music themes. Um, and he had this to say about it. However good our best film composers may be, they are not a Beethoven, a Mozart or a Brahms. Why use music which is less good when there is such a multitude of great orchestral music available from the past? Um, which I feel like that probably sums up um a bit of the approach of the music team to Bluey as well. Like they do love leaning into that classical stuff. Um, and a side note that poor Alex North, who was the one commissioned to do the score, found out at the uh, at the premiere screening that it wasn't his music being used. So, oh, <laughs> oh my God, that would have been awkward. Um, Can you imagine so the yeah, after probably- So, guys, um, what happened yeah. there? Wow. Whoops. Um, yeah, so uh, a bit of funny film history, but yeah, you can see why um, classical music is just and classical music that people recognise as well um, makes such a difference for Bluey, I reckon. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about um, Holst. Anyway, so he's an English composer, and um, this music is called um, Jupiter, the Bringer of Jolility, um, but it's part of seven movements from an orchestral piece called The Planets. There are seven um, different movements. So um, they're actually based, um, rather than the planets themselves in a like an astronomical sort of view, it's an astrological lens that we need to view this through. okay. So apparently Holst I was like... I wonder why Jupiter was the bringer of jolility. So that's kind of a star sign thing, is it? Yeah. Well, apparently Holst was obsessed with star signs. He used to Ooh, like okay. together for people and um, in 
astrology terms like Jupiter, when it moves into your star sign, it's meant to bring you wealth and success and good times. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Venus is meant to bring you uh, love and, and peace and harmony, those sorts of things. And Mercury okay, yeah. is um, communication and all sorts of um, weird things. Uh, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Communication is weird, sure. It is weird. Um, so anyway, Holst apparently super loved his horoscopes and he used them as his title inspiration. He was also really influenced by one of the very um, prominent expressionist composers, uh, Arnold Schoenberg, who did a lot of very experimental sort of music at the time. This is uh, turn of the century. We're talking 1918 that this um, movement premiered so we'd gone through the classical era we'd gone through um what we like to call the romantic period where basically uh classical we talk about things are very balanced and structured and Mm -hmm. sort of aligns with the age of enlightenment romantic music is big over the top sort of people were trying to experiment to create feelings with their music and paint pictures with their music so Holst was inspired sort of by all of those sort of factors and um, he originally composed this for two pianos to play. Um, okay. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but then they decided that it was better for an orchestra and it was such a success that ever since it first was um, premiered, it has been since adopted in so many pop culture um references i mean we're talking the simpsons it's in bojack horseman it's in apparently um the holst foundation had to sue the people behind gladiator because they ripped off the music so much really okay um a man who fell to earth um the star wars imperial march is very heavily inspired by um yes i definitely hear that yep yeah um uh yeah, so there's all sorts of things. Uh, we've um, one of our trivia questions from Blue Trivia the other night was which world event um, has adopted the song, and it's the Rugby World Cup uses Jupiter for their theme. Um, so uh, from those humble beginnings in 1918, this has become probably one of the most easily recognisable pieces of classical mm. music. Um, yeah, and even if you are sort of scratching your head and going, mm, Holst, most people would know the, you know, the Imperial March from Star Wars with the da 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 That was my only reference point, uh, I've got to admit. Yeah, I'd yeah. never heard of Holst. So there you go. So that's music, Mary. Um, do you have anything you would like to add to this uh, symphony of thoughts back? Uh, look, oh, well, let's um, shout out one final credit to uh, Ludo and in particular Jake Bressanello, who we've talked a lot this season about the Bluey movie posters for episodes. Yes. And, yeah, this the one for Sleepy Time that Jake did is a riff on the 2001 Space Odyssey uh, very appropriately. It's um, – from that, that film had quite a few posters, but it's the one that's a close up of, um, the astronaut in his kind of astronaut helmet, I suppose, with the, with the shafts of light coming through that are all sort of 
or colors um, as he yeah as um he does that kind of warp speed through space kind of thing um watching it last night that uh that scene was actually quite traumatic but bingo just looks delighted um (laughs) in sleepy time so i'm glad they took it down that path um But anyway, it's a great I've never poster. Seen so. Space Odyssey, so I think it's added to my watch list now. Look, but um, uh, no, well, no, feel free. Um, but like, it is an epic, and look, you know, people talk about it as <laughs> a masterpiece, and you know, definitely, it looks incredible. But um, Sleepy Time is a masterpiece where the story is told in seven and a half minutes. And I reckon Kubrick probably could take a leaf out of that book. Like that was, that's about the extent of the story you're going to get. So right. okay. <laughs> I'm block your ears. Uh, but yeah, someone should make a seven and a half minute version of Space Odyssey is what I'm saying. <laughs> We have talked for a very long time, Kate. We could keep talking. There was so much build-up to doing this episode. Actually, there's one more thing I've got on my list, Mary, and this is um, when we were on the trivia chat, we asked Costa and Beth what the deal was with all the tennis balls because, in particular, in Sleepy Time, this has been pointed out by a few people, but the sun, if you look at the shading, it looks like a tennis ball. I think so too. Like yeah, I, I had to have it pointed out to me, but yeah, I feel I'm feeling that. Once I saw it, I could not unsee. And so we asked, you know, similar in the vibe to uh Lucky's dad asking, What's with all the pens? We were like, Oh, what's with all the tennis balls? <laughs> yeah. And it was interesting. I I don't think they actually have uh like a symbolic purpose if that makes sense it's more of a something that they started with and now they're hoping that people will sort of come up with their own conclusions yeah. whether it's religious iconography <laughs> yeah pretty much but it has become part of I guess bluey law these tennis ball images and um once yeah once I was told the sun looks like a tennis ball and you'll see the different darker yellow and the lighter yellow shading and that very distinctive sort of middle band yeah I couldn't unsee it and I thought that's quite clever because we've we've long talked about what's the significance maybe there is no significance to the tennis ball but I like it still Kate, this is our final uh, recap uh, of season two, uh, installment one. Um, I have one very quick, we know that now, to set the record straight on, um, which yeah, came up um, in a couple of weeks back um, when we heard that icy poles had been changed to ice blocks in oh, yes. charades. Uh, we jumped on the new drop from iView and established that, yes, they did say ice blocks. Uh, what I forgot to do was go back and check the original to see if they had ever said icy poles. I have checked. They never said icy poles. Uh, it has always been ice blocks. And <laughs> our um, confusion at the change clearly came from the fact that there had been no change. So apologies. We know that now. <laughs> um <laughs> Maybe a bit of jumping at shadows going on around there. Night, Bingo. Night, Dad. Uh, Kate, I think we're at the point where we can tell our listeners, remember, 
will always be here for you, even if you can't hear us, because we are on social media. Find us on Facebook. We are got to be done the Bluey podcast. You can find us on Instagram. We are at Bluey uh, Pod on Twitter. We are at Blue Podcast, and you can email us as bluepod at gmail dot com. Um, as you mentioned, we do have a few things in the pipeline, but we also may have a few weeks off. My daughter hasn't been very well, so I'm going to probably need a little bit of time to get her back on track. So oh, hang uh, in there. Big love yeah. to live. Yeah, hopefully she'll be uh, fight and fit at the end of this. But, um, yeah, we're just trying to get her medication mix right. And, it's um, yeah, I think we'll definitely be uh, channeling some chilly and bandit vibes in weeks to come with our sleep in particular. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully see you on the other side. And um, we have uh, hopefully got a few special guests who are going to come on board and share some more bluey magic over um, this little break. Hopefully it's not too long before we get more um, episodes. So, Well, look, you know, we we don't mind having a break as well, I'm going to (laughs) say. Who knows? We wouldn't knock back new episodes. It's hard to believe we have recapped 26 episodes since uh, March. I think Mm. all of them in lockdown. It is that long since I've looked at you over a microphone, lovely Kate. Um, And yeah, it's definitely been a a tricky uh, thing on occasions. We've sworn at our fair share of technology, um, possibly sworn at our fair share of children along the way as well. Definitely at this end. Just go to bed. Mummy's got to talk to Auntie Mary. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's it's been so much fun, possibly insane, but possibly has also brought me a little bit of sanity in um, this weird last six months. So thank you for making it happen, Kate. And thank you, Mary, because you put in so much work making this podcast what it is. Uh, I don't think anyone listening – would fully understand how much this is your baby and I will always be um, the reader to your Janet. <laughs> so Love it. Um, may your sleepy times all be dump in the bed and run bandit style or, <laughs> you know, as huggy I'm, as I'm they can with the couple, style. I, you know what, I'm, I'm never object when a kid asks me for an extra story. Yeah, so. no, I'm a soft touch as well. <laughs> Soft. Yeah, I think Love we can it. find a happy medium between the two. Okay. But in the meantime, Kate, thank you. Thank you, Ludo. Thank, thank you, you to the whole beautiful Blueyverse. Uh, we will talk to you all sometime soon. But in the meantime, it's got to be done. Be done. Bye. Bye. And a big hot star in the middle? The sun. That's right. Clever girl. Now, sleepy time. Mwah.